This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 59. 59. 59. Fifty-nine, almost a perverted number. Not quite there. No, we're not quite there. We're ten away. That's right. ten away from inappropriateness. That's right. Uh, what would you watch this week? Uh, my name is Mike. My name, as always, is John. Is it always John? Do you ever go by anything else? I don't. Yeah. Sometimes people call me Jonathan, but it's not Jonathan. It's not Jonathan. It's just straight up John. Anyone ever call you the fourth? No, no. I think I'm going to start doing that. That's okay. My, that's, that's my new thing for you. I'm going to refer to you as the fourth. Excellent. <laughs> I, I heard, oh, what was it? I was watching a show or something today, and somebody uh, was talking about that. They said, did you notice how nobody under the age of 35 is named John? And that kind of hit me in the gut. I was like, wow. I watched, I heard that same thing today. Yeah. What was it I was watching? Was it Class? No. It was class, was maybe. Okay. I, yeah, because I watched. Class yeah, they were twice. talking about old names. Yes, yes it was yes. class. It was class. It was the the new the new head teacher. Yeah, and she was yeah, talking I, to Miss Quill and yeah, saying and she I, I, some, I don't know any Andreas. It's an old name. Yeah. Yeah. God, what a terrible hit me episode. In the gut. <laughs> like nobody's named John anymore. <laughs> well, there's a ton of Michaels out there, and there probably always will be. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought I thought class was horrible. Really? Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Oh, like, I, I just I liked it a lot. That's weird. Nah, there's that whole scene where the the girl there, the lead girl, Amy or whatever her name is. Yeah, April. Uh, April. You know, she has sex with the uh, with the Indian boy, Ram. And while while they're doing it over on the, the the Shadow King and his, I don't know, that Dominion was a bit awkward, yeah, awkward. It was freaking dumb. They're, yeah. they're, he he wants to get it on with her because his you know they're sharing a heart and he's feeling all emotional. And then there's this whole scene where like he like fails to finish or stops or finishes early, and so she kind of insults him at first, and then she's like, "I'm sorry, you're the Shadow King. You can do what you want." And then he asked her to cuddle, and it's all done in the yeah. voice. And I'm just like, "This is fucking garbage." Yes, this that, is just that part garbage. was complete garbage. I will 100% agree with you there. Like, I liked the aspects where she would fly into a rage and draw the scimitars out of thin air, you know, and you could feel that he was, you know, influencing her when she was talking about soldiers and how when you sign up for the army, you sign up to die. And th- that part I liked. But, yeah, the part where it was flipped uh, and suddenly he's like, oh, let's cuddle. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come yeah, I on. hated it. I hated it. I thought it was completely stupid. And between this week's episode of that happening and last week me not being able to just – I just couldn't get into last week's episode, The Night Visitors. Yeah. I just um, – yeah, um, I'm just – you're just about done with it. Yeah, honestly, I am. I find it to be rather disappointing, See, considering how good Doctor Who is. Right, and yeah. I gotta say, you know, these last two episodes, I did get into. You know, I really got into night visiting because it felt like a suspenseful, 
Alfred Hitchcock kind of thing to an extent. I could have definitely done without the little subplot of the two boys exploring their sexuality because it didn't seem to fit with anything else. You know, and, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe this has elements of greatness, but it's there's too much ridiculousness going on. Yeah, it's like each episode they throw at least one thing in there that makes you go, "Oh, come on." You know, and it was the sexuality last time when you have all these other characters who are exploring their dead loved ones yep. and trying to come to grips with it one way or another. And then in this one, you've got some really great stuff of April trying to deal with the fact that her dad's back in town. We've got this whole mystery of the flower petals that are dissolving flesh and reproducing and, uh, you know, eating squirrels and stuff. And yet it's flanked by or right in the middle of it, they drop this stupid section of you know oh well and, and you're right like if they had just if the shadow king and his concubine there or whatever you know his next person who was trying to help him had just been like primal and savage about it it would have been fine but the fact that they tried to make it humanistic you know and she's like oh well you can be done that's fine it's your prerogative as the king and he's like can't we cuddle that that was ridiculous that ruined what could have been a really I mean, great episode. I guess, you know, really thinking about it, if you took that whole section out of the episode, the whole thing of them having sex, both yep. the people and, and the shadow people, yep. and just everything else that was in the episode, yeah, okay, I, I could get behind that. But that that whole thing, it just completely removed me from everything that was going on to the point where I went from kind of paying attention to it to just like, I'm going to do something else. This is going to be on the background. <laughs> yep. I, can- I almost sh- – actually, I shut it off is what I end up doing. Oh, wow. Like I, wait, I watched a little bit more. And then I looked at the time, and I was like, I really need to watch Doctor Who before, you know, I'll, I'll finish this up if I have time. So I actually shut it off so I could watch Doctor Who to make sure I got Doctor Who in. <laughs> and then I went back and finished it after. And it, I wasn't a fan. No. It, because of that scene, and you're right, you know, that scene was terrible. It was garbage, and it didn't belong in there because – they ruined it, you know? I can deal with a little sex. That's fine. I, actually, I can deal with a lot of sex. I'm not approved. Um, but, you know, yeah. they are high school kids, so, you know, you expect that kind of stuff. And then they even had the typical, you know, mom is grilling them afterwards. She's like, did you use protection? I'm talking to my daughter. You're like, okay, you're reminded that these are high school kids. But it was the whole Shadowkin stuff that just, it bothered me. Yeah, it was just it yeah. was terrible. It takes you right out of it. You're right, um, but I liked the other aspects of it. Like I said, there's the mystery of the flowers and what's going on there. This new headmistress seems to be able to be in multiple places at once, and she seems to know everything that's going on. She says that the governors like to run a tight ship. We still don't know who the governors are. She's now talking to Miss Quill about getting the parasite out of her head. So that she wouldn't have to, you know, be subservient to Charlie. That could be interesting. That could be a good dynamic. Seeing April, like, slash a hole in reality and jump into the shadow world afterwards. That was great. But- yeah, and that was that was cool. And then the, the uh, Ram jumped through after her. Yep. I had you forgotten know, up until uh, that point that it was part yeah. one of two. Yeah, how her dad, how would, like, you know, when she was confronting her dad, how he kind of took over because she became full of rage. Yep. Um, and I can understand, like, okay, if he becomes, if she becomes, when she becomes angry, 
and he's able to take over. You know, what's the opposite of that? How can he take over her? Oh, I know. Let's make her, you know, horny, basically. Right. But still, it's just the execution, the way it was done. It was just, oh, took me out. But yeah, I mean, the, 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 the blossoms, things that are eating the squirrels and the birds and feeding on blood and multiplying and all that. Yeah, that, that's, that's very Doctor Who-ish, you yes. know? Yes. So. Yeah, I almost felt like maybe that new headmistress was like put there by the doctor or something. Right, right. But, but we'll have to see. That, uh, yeah, we will have to see. And while we're talking about the great doctor, <laughs> let's talk about Doctor Who. I only had one big problem with this episode. What was it? It really could have benefited from being a two-part episode. Because... I would have liked to have seen a more stretched out version of this story. Like basically they started off looking at different apartments and different buildings and you know, they were failing. Everything kind of sucked because it was all tiny and you know, six people trying to live in the same house. I still don't know why, but yeah. How that group got together and decided, all right, let's the six of us find a place because that'll be cheaper. And we're all very diverse and we're covering the uh, diversity rainbow, but Uh, yes, yes, they were. But then that guy appears out of nowhere and he's like, I will, take you to this place and you can sign this contract make sure you sign the contract it would have been nice to see them like living there for more than five minutes before they started getting eaten you know they didn't seem all too concerned the first time he popped back up out of nowhere (laughs) i know he just like appears out of nowhere and one person says how'd you get in here and then everybody's just like oh well he's the caretaker you know he's the landlord yeah but i would have liked to have seen like you know some montages even of them, you know, living their day-to-day life and then the doctor popping in here and there to like investigate or see what was going on and check on them. But it was like the moment they moved in, they started getting eaten. And yep. and it was like the very night that Bill brought her stuff over that suddenly like everybody sucked up into the house somehow. And then it was also resolved in the same night. It just felt like that could have been a gradual progression that would have made the story even better in my opinion. Yep. Otherwise, I liked it. I thought it was a great episode. I thought it was a really good episode. Um, you know, I liked how like the the doctor, like Bill, Bill was just like she made that one point of saying like this is the the bit of my life that you're not in. Yeah, and that's kind of how it's always been with with the doctor and his companions. You know, he's in their lives, but there is a section of their lives he's not in for the most part. Right. You know, they still have their personal life because they're able to pull it off because they go on these big, wild adventures and they go right back to, you know, like they miss no time. And that's been especially, like, drilled home in the Moffat years. Oh, yes. You know, there was a little bit of it when we had, like, Martha Jones, you know, and she'd have to catch up with her family and stuff and be like, well, you know, they're worried about me. Um, Not so much with Rose. Or with, um, yeah, I mean a little bit with Rose because, you know, Mickey was upset that she was going away and her mom was worried about her. But, you know, when we got to Moffat, it was big, especially with Amy and Rory. Like, they they had tons of little montages where they'd show them, like, living their lives and planning parties and going to people's houses. Yes, yes, and then jump. Off. Yep. And then Clara even did that for a while, you know, where we'd see her like on a date with Danny and then she'd duck into a closet and appear in the TARDIS and then go on an adventure and then jump out of the TARDIS, change clothes really quickly and meet up with Danny again. Yeah. So that means. Yeah. 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 
So yeah. Bill definitely put her foot down, but he wasn't having any of it because he could sense the danger. Um. Oh, yeah, he wasn't leaving at all. No. I didn't see the twist of that was her son. Yeah, but it was cool that Bill was the one that came up with it, and he was even yes. like, oh, no dust settling on you. I liked how um, – what was it? Why, why would he? Why would he? Why would he bring her bugs? Right. That doesn't make any sense because everybody loves bugs. They're great. No, no, they're not. Like they have this whole discussion about bugs in the middle of the kind of like the whole the crisis thing going on. Yep. So, um, I I like that they didn't feel the need to like specifically um, explain everything about the bugs or where they came from. You know, he just kept calling just, them space lice. They're space lice, exactly. They're space lice, and they eat people. You know, that was that was it. He he didn't want to like find out what planet they were from or try to overly explain anything. It was just like that's what they were, and let's stop it. Yep, that's what they were. That's what they did. Yeah, let's move on. Um, I did. Okay, so the ending. Um, the doctor opens the vault. Yeah, and steps inside. Yeah. Like, wasn't the first episode they were trying to figure out how to open it? That's what I thought. Me too. And then now in this episode, not only does he open it, but like, oh, you put a piano in there? Oh, he brought dinner? Who's he going to have dinner with? You think it's the master? I think it is. I think it's the master. And apparently we're not going to have to wait long. They said that within like a couple of episodes, we're going to know who's in there because they don't want it to be like the big season-long question, which I thought it was going to be. Um. Well, I thought it was going to be as well, but then with him, we the fact that they've already dropped the hat that we know he's regenerating at the end of the season. Yeah. It's like they couldn't probably drag that out if that was the person that's going to cause it to happen because they would need to establish, you know, more of a story. Right. And then he did kind of tip his hat about regeneration in this episode to Bill. Yes. So it's it's like they're teasing it. Yep. It was a, it was a tease. So I uh, yeah, I'm I'm anxious. I don't know. It's it's a it's a great season so far. It really is. I am having yeah. so much fun with this season. Yeah, it's a fun show. It's definitely a fun show. Um, and I think wasn't Nardo mentioned this? You know, like in this week. See, you can have fun adventures and stay on this planet. It's just as screwed up as every place else. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I, uh, I I look forward to. Uh, I mean, we've already f- four episodes in already. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so, um, well, did you, you're not watching Taken, are you? No, I'm not. I didn't think so. It was the, uh, we're already at the season finale. That's not surprising though. I mean, 10 episodes. Yeah. A lot of these, uh, premiere shows got shorter seasons. Yep. We're not sure if it's going to, um, hasn't said if it's going to be renewed or not. Yep. Uh, basically in this episode, um, you know, the, the season started with Mills on a train with his sister and this guy, Majea, Majea, I can't pronounce his name, the bad guy, kills her. And then he hunts him down. And then he joins his team. And then they capture the guy. And then he's held in a black ops, like, you know, prison site. And then he questions him. And then he wants to kill him. And then in the last week's episode, you know, basically it was set up that they were going to – that this guy was going to get traded back or, or traded to a Mexican government custody and, and Brian didn't want to happen. But then the guy escapes and they ends up – you know, he takes Brian's girlfriend and takes her to Mexico. So she was taken. She was taken, yes. And so Brian's – and remember I told you he cut his little uh, taken speech, <laughs> yep. a little mini version of it. 
So now in this episode, Brian's going to Mexico to track her down. So he's chasing her down and he is, he is determined. Uh, his team catches up with him like, Brian, you can't go to Mexico. And he's like, you need to help me. And they're like, all right, we'll do it. Uh, a little bit more than that, but basically that's the gist of it. So they go to Mexico and, and essentially, you know, like, uh, when they're there, this 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 bad guy he's now back with his people and he's having this big party and his right hand man who's been running things while he was in prison and gone he he kills him and then Brian's team rushes the place and then the background is the Mexican army is is approaching they're coming in to raid themselves so long and the short of it Brian has a standoff with the guy in the kitchen he's got a knife to his girlfriend's throat Brian's got his gun on him and the guy slits her throat just half of it though and runs off and one of Brian's teammates comes in along with Brian and he's like, you don't let her die. And he chases the guy down. And now we have the big standoff outside and there's the Mexican government, the, the, the military. And then there's the bad guy. And then there's Brian and Brian's got a gun on the bad guy <laughs> and the whole Mexican government's all got guns on them. So this is literally a Mexican standoff. <laughs> it's literally a Mexican standoff. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Dude, I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. That's when I realized, awesome. Oh my god, it's a literal <laughs> Mexican standoff. Um, so Brian's team leader is basically with the Mexican government. She's like, Brian, you need to put your gun down now. Like, they're going to shoot you. I cannot stop this from happening. You need to put your gun down. And uh, he, he does. He lowers his gun. And then the bad guy, of course, says something that antagonizes him and eggs him on. So Brian shoots him in the head. And basically he gets the closure of this is the guy that killed his sister, you know, that caused everything that happened at the beginning. And now in the last episode, he's killed him. Oh, and then Brian gets shot twice, but in his vest. And then they take him into custody. And then the last scene we see is uh, Brian is in a Mexican prison cell, basically. Is he there with Michael Schofield? No, he's there by himself as far as we know. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there's a crossover between the two. <laughs> it's a network thing. Yeah. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> but basically Brian's team is like, where is he? How can we get him back? And they're like, we don't even know if he's alive. And then it cuts to, you know, the long camera pan and you see Brian laying in a prison cell. Gotcha. So, and that's how the season ended. So who knows if that's going to be the end of the series, if they're going to renew it for another season or not. If they do, I'll keep watching it. Cause again, like I, I did really enjoy the, I really did enjoy the show. Nice. Yeah. You know, truth be told, I can't imagine if, I'd ever, if I would ever rewatch it type of thing. Like, I don't, I didn't enjoy it that much that okay. I want to watch the whole thing again. But I enjoyed it enough on a week to week basis that, like, you know, hey, if they have another season, I'll definitely tune in. <sighs> would you watch? You still there, John? I lose you? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, all right. Um, uh, sorry, I was messing around with the mute button. I must have hit it wrong. Uh, ah, there we go. So keeping in line with what I was just joking about with Michael Schofield, um, Prison Break gave us some answers this week, which was kind of nice. Um, you know, last week they, they they got out of the prison and, and Michael and Link were re- reconnected. Um the, there's been a uh, a theme going through this one. There's some mysterious CIA guy or 
NSA or something. His code name is Poseidon. And everybody fears Poseidon. You know, nobody knows who he is. He's somebody who's so deep in the organization that nobody knows what he looks like or who he is. And, um, so last episode, it was hinted at, or it, you know, we were led to believe that the identity of Poseidon is actually <gasps> Sarah's new husband, played by, uh, Mark Feuerstein. He was the, uh, the main doctor on Royal Pains. You know, that guy. Yes. Um, okay. Yep. So, you know, basically T-Bag followed him and found him meeting up with, uh, the two assassins who have been taking people out, um, and trying to kill anyone who knows about Michael. So that's where we got last episode. And of course, this episode, he has the plausible deniability. He's like, Oh no, I, I talked to a friend of mine who works, you know, on tech and he, he checked that your phone had been bugged and, you know, he traced it back. And so I called the number and arranged a meeting with these people because I wanted to tell them to leave you alone. And, you know, he's got the excuse, the, the classic, like, Oh no, I'm just looking out for you. Let me sow some seeds of distrust in your mind. So we still don't know if he's Poseidon or not. Shows like this like to do that, you know, where they throw you something where you're like, aha, it's that person. And then they're like, but it really isn't. Ha ha ha. We're smarter than you because we know everything and you know nothing. Nothing wrong with a little misdirection. No, there isn't. Um, I will say, though, like when we switch gears and we go over to Michael and Lincoln and those guys, it's a lot more tense than it has been in the past. Like it was always tense in the first season of Prison Break because, you know, you're trapped in there. You don't know who's your friend, who's your enemy, etc. Um, then when they got out, you know, there were some tense moments when they were on the run or they were in a different prison, but you didn't really care. This time, it's really, really tense, and I think part of that is because they're fighting or they're trying to hide from ISIS, and that's something that's very current and very, like, recognizable. You know, you hear ISIS is on the move and they're hunting people down and you can relate to that. Maybe not because you've been hunted down by them, but it's something that, you know, you're like, oh, it'd be like a show set in the 80s if they were like the Russians are coming for you. You'd be like, whoa, Jesus, you know, that was very relatable back then. So they're, they're over here. They're over in the Middle East. They're trying to get away. ISIS is hunting them down and pinning them in buildings and stuff. So all that was, you know, typical boiler room stuff. But we finally got the answers that the reason that everyone thought Michael was dead was because he was approached by Poseidon seven years ago and told, um, you know, the deal that Kellerman cut for you guys to keep you out of prison and, and exonerate you. He doesn't have the authority to do that. You're all going back to prison unless you do work for me. You know, we're going to fake your death and you're going to basically, I'm going to send you to different places around the world, people that I want broken out of prisons and you're going to break them out of prison since you're so good at that. So he's essentially spent the past seven years being a professional prison breaker for this guy Poseidon and not allowed to talk to anybody or tell anybody so that they could all be free and not go to jail, not go back to jail for everything that they had done. So it was kind of nice um, that the writers took that time to basically tie a ribbon on it, you know, say, yeah, we know that this is how we ended the series, but we're going to give you a reasonable expectation of, you know, this is why it ended that way. And this is that's what's pretty happening. cool. Yeah. So I, I really, that, that's pretty that. cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, otherwise it was just, it was a typical episode where it starts off solving the issue from last episode. We have some twists and turns and then 
in the end, there's another big, you know, the plane is taking off that their friends were on and, and these guys are at the airport, but they're on the other side of the fence and they can't get to the plane in time because, you know, ISIS is chasing the plane down with like three or four vehicles and they're firing guns at it. And so how are they going to get away without the plane? It's like 30 miles to the nearest border, but, you know, ISIS is everywhere on all the roads, all the checkpoints, etc. So now that's so, what now we'll what, do what, next episode. I'll say what episode number is this? Uh, no, that was episode four or five. And how many more do we have left? Um, it's only ten episodes this time, I believe. Okay, all right. So, Actually, I thought it was like nine or some weird number like that. It could be. I'll look it up. Hold on. I don't think it was quite ten. Yeah, I remember that it was a short, short season. And they're not even calling it, like, if you look up Prison Break on IMDb, you've got Prison Break from 2005, and then there's a separate listing for Prison Break Resurrection in 2017. Huh, okay. And they're even calling it a uh, TV miniseries. So, let's see. Season one, there are nine episodes, and... Yeah, uh, tomorrow will be episode six. So that was episode five. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've nice. been enjoying it. You know, it's been, it's had some tense moments and it's had some fun moments. And um, I definitely do not regret starting watching it. I, um, am I muted? No. no. I, uh, <laughs> they do the same thing with the X-Files. Like it's season 10, but like. If you go on Hulu or Netflix, it's not mixed in with the regular X-Files at all. In fact, it's not even on there. Right. It's its own kind of thing. So, Oh, before I forget, speaking of Hulu, I had a shock the other day. You might have seen this. I booted up Hulu to go watch a show, and under the suggestions for John, it had, like, the third one in was John Doe. Really? Yeah. John Doe is on yeah. Hulu? Excuse me while I grab while I queue up my Hulu real right? quick and add it to the add it to the. Oh, watch it went list. on my watch list immediately. I was like, because we've talked about that a couple of times on the show, how we can't find it anywhere. Yes, and we suddenly, have. Boom, there I really is. want to watch that show. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, but like for instance, I'm glad I own the new season of the X Files on, on Blu-ray. Yep. My wife got it for me for my birthday last year because it's not streaming anywhere. Right. Not even on Fox's app. Isn't that weird? Yes, it is weird. Holy shit, John Doe. <laughs> For those listening, I'm gonna have that to, was a great I'm going to text Root about that. The, the, there it is. It, um, awesome. All 21 episodes for that first season. Uh, John Doe came out at the same time as Firefly. They were both on Friday nights on Fox, and they both got canceled right about the same time. And it was a crushing blow for both you know, John Doe, I think the reason that we don't hear that much about it is because it happened at the same time as Firefly, and we all saw what happened with Firefly, how it, you know, it became a fan favorite, yep. and it took off afterwards, and it became so popular, and then Serenity came out, and, you know, it's got such a huge fan base, but John Doe died, at, lived and died at the same time, and that was a really good show. That was a side of Dominic Purcell you're really not used to seeing, because he was actually an intelligent person. He had information in his head on everything like he was a walking wikipedia 
definitely check that out if you guys get a chance. If you have Hulu. Yeah, sincerely, you need to watch that. That is such a great and show. And yes, it ended prematurely and we never got the answers that we wanted. And they did an interview with the creators, you know, a year later or so in a magazine and asked them what some of the answers were. Don't check it out because they were stupid answers. Those, those people really had a bad plan in mind, but, um, yeah, watch the show and enjoy the show. You will enjoy the show. It is so much fun. Great crime drama, mystery to unfold type of thing. Yeah, definitely a big thumbs up from me. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Absolutely. <laughs> if we ever do the uh, cult TV shows or favorite TV shows we like that were canceled early, that was on my list. Absolutely. You know, that that was definitely and on I my list. I it's pretty. Back. I know I'm pretty excited it's on Hulu. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Nice. nice. So what else you got? That's great news. That's great <laughs> news. Um Oh geez, where do we want to go with this? I guess let's just you want to start with well, Gotham. Hold on. I just want to ask you real quick, because we had talked about this a couple weeks ago and we haven't gotten back to it yet. Are you still watching yeah. Making History? Oh yes, I am. Yeah, I'm all caught up. I didn't I even watched – this is Monday we're recording, the 8th. I watched last night's episode. Okay, I haven't watched that one yet. But the one before that where they bring Sam Adams and John Hancock into the future, I did yes. not like that episode. How come? I thought that it was a bit ridiculous. Like the – Oh, it was massively the, stupid. The scene where they went absolutely nuts trying to find the miniature musicians and so they decided that the best thing to do was to destroy the apartment. Like like they also wanted to feed the musicians by putting food into the speakers, you know, because they, they See, weren't playing. I, so we need to feed them. Maybe they're hungry and – See, I – I get what you're saying. It's almost like you would think they'd be smart enough to think, all right, there really can't be people living in there. But the fact that they did, I thought was funny. And I actually, I, I laughed quite a bit about that. It was funny to an extent, but the fact that they like ran around the apartment, literally destroying everything. They were like, they've got to be trapped right. in here somewhere. So they're like taking out glasses from the cupboard and throwing them on the ground. I was just like, this is over the top. Like if they had destroyed the stereo system, that's one thing I would have been like, okay, that's pretty funny. But, it, I don't know. the The miniature musicians joke is kind of overplayed for me, at least. You know, it seems to be one of the stereotypical tropes for somebody who's out of time. You know, there's always like a Walkman or an MP3 player or something, and they're like, "Right, where do you hide the musicians?" So yeah, so it just that's a classic yeah, bit. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, though, not a bad episode. I still enjoy the show. Yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoy the show. I, I enjoy the characters. Um, was last night's episode good? Yes, it was good. Last night's episode was good. Um, it's it's the continuation of uh, of um, basically the previous week where I can't think of his name, the black guy. Oh yeah, I can't think. Of, I can think of the historical yeah. people, but I can't think of either one of the two main characters. I know. Anyways, he's fed up. I can imagine he just lost tenure, and and he looks like yeah, a disgrace exactly. and a sex addict. Yeah, he he's fed up, and uh, he uh, 
he wants them to go back. And so this week is the kind of the continuation of that. You know, it opens up with them. Basically, they're going to be saying goodbye. But then there's a catalyst that makes them want to stay there. And it's the episode's called The Duel because they challenge each other to a duel <laughs> and because of this catalyst. And it just kind of kind of goes on from there. And the fact that they want to shoot each other, the black character is like, yes, this is great. <laughs> this is great. So, I mean, it's still done really well. And then, oh, my God. All right, I'm just going to ruin this for you. I don't There's a reporter. Like, he brings in, he tries to bring in a local reporter to, like, give the ice cream shop some, some coverage of the newspaper. Okay. And the both the girl and the other guy are like, that's a really bad idea. I mean, why would you want to draw attention to the fact that she's from the colonial times? Like, you don't want to bring a reporter in this. They'll find this right. out, you know? And he's like, oh, no, it'll be fine. So, of course, she comes in and she sits down. The first thing the reporter says, and by the way, I recognize her. I just can't remember where I placed where I recognize her okay. from. And I didn't bother looking her up. Anyways, the first thing she says is like, so how'd you guys meet? <laughs> and they both were like, oh. it's like they had no no story, no nothing. And they're like, uh, grade school. And what was the name of the grade school? Uh, oh, you don't know the name of your grade school. Who knows the name of their old grade school? She's like pretty much everybody who's ever been to a grade school knows the name of their grade school. <laughs> And he's like, she just goes like, Monroe. So anyway, so she is like, there's something not adding up. And she ends up coming back later to talk to them again. And again, you know, she has like footage of when Franklin and, and Adams bought the, uh, bought the ice cream shop. Yep. And she has questions as to why, why they signed their names as, you know, John Adams and Benjamin Franklin, <laughs> not Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. John Hancock. And uh, John and John Adams, right? Yeah, uh, John okay. Hancock and Sam Adams. Sam Adams, thank you. Not John Adams. Sam Adams, thank you. Anyways, and so um, they're basically answered that with ho 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 type of thing. And so at the end of the episode, you see her standing there, and you know how people will like. <sighs> Like when reporters are investigating something, they'll have different pictures of their sus subjects, and there's a string that goes to connect yes. one, you know, here to here, here to here. So they kind of show one of those, but they show like one picture at a time, and then when they do the pan out, they're one on top of the other, and the string just runs straight down. <laughs> <laughs> and she's standing there looking at it, like pondering it, like it was. <laughs> it was just really stupid. And the wall she had it on, she wouldn't have any room besides to put them <laughs> the way they were. Like it was just like nice. And it and it was just kind of this like quick little flash like at the end, like, oh hey, you know, by the way, this is what's going on, you know, you know for next week or something. I don't know. I thought it was pretty damn funny. It looks like according to IMDB, next week's episode is the last one. Okay. All right. Already, and I really don't think that it's going to be renewed, which is too bad because it is an enjoyable show. It is. It's 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 funny and it's stupid and it's just it is what it is. But it's enjoyable. You're like you said. Yep. So yeah, as you were saying, Gotham. Yeah. Uh, so, what'd you think of this week's episode of Gotham, John? Well, it did not suck as much as I expected it to. Because Ivy was coming back, you mean? Well, no, because um, as I mentioned last week, Gotham has this habit of coming off hiatus really strong and then plummeting right afterwards. It's like they always seem to have really good episodes when they first come back, and then all of a sudden they, they go to shit. 
and it also has to do with some of the characters. Like every episode where Jerome was, you know, featured fairly prominently, turned out to be a good episode. Mm-hmm. He was a really well-developed yes. character. He really did good. Agreed. Uh, Nigma. Once they started giving Nigma his twisted side and talking to himself, etc., he has made every episode that he's been in much better. Um, this episode had none of that. No, had the penguin uh, calling an old henchman who he trusts and shouldn't, and then you know Ivy's magic perfume revealing all. Yeah, penguin like for a guy who was shot and betrayed and dumped in the river, and then this girl, beautiful girl, rescues him and nurses him back to health. Mm-hmm. He's a remarkable dick about the whole thing. Oh, massive. He calls her a freak. He's like, nothing personal, but you're, you're a little bit of a freak. And, and then when he gets called a freak later, he loses his mind. Right. And, yep. and, you know, she tries to give him food and he throws it down and breaks the bowl. You know, he's just yeah. he's a complete dick to her all the time. And, and Massive. And, and you know what that means? That means she is probably super attracted to him. Right, now. right, unfortunately. Uh, well, she did stick <laughs> around and, you know, helped him out. Yeah. She did. Uh, it that part did bother me, you know, that he just yeah. he had no reason to be mean to her. She's been nothing but nice to him. And not even like sickeningly sweet nice, so he couldn't say you're just too overly nice. She was just helping. And she's obviously quite self absorbed, but she still saw that this was the right thing to do, so she helped him. And he he still was like, you know, you're an ass, you know, do this for me right now and then get away from me and yeah. And then and then they buried all the henchmen in the potting soil. That was kind of weird, wasn't it? Yeah, it seems like a bad idea. And we didn't get any Riddler. Basically, we got him off screen with, you know, Jim and Bullock talking about, oh, how are we going to find him? And then, uh, what was it? The main well, then and Bruce well, and Bruce had his training going uh, on, but we didn't see any. I don't remember seeing Tuss at all in this episode. No. It was just the clones in place. Now let's cut to Bruce, like being trained by the, that guy. Who I don't know. <laughs> it seems like a really bad ripoff of uh, what, Scott Glenn from Sucker Punch. <laughs> yeah, I, doesn't I, it? Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> Seems like a very piss poor version of Scott Glenn from Sucker yep. Punch. Um, and then, uh, oh, Barbara. Barbara Rusal. Yes. Apparently. And they, uh, and, and of course, you know, so, uh, Jim has to call her for a favor to go check out the docks for something that was delivered. You know, like, it's just what. Because now suddenly they're all about this court of owls. Yeah, yeah. All about the corn of owls, which, you know, Jim's going to join now that his, now that his dad, sorry, now that his uncle, who, who had his dad killed, killed himself. But now that I've killed myself, Jim, you can join the court of owls because they'll be coming to you. Why, why would they be coming to him? Because he's a Gordon? Because it's like they can't have any members and aren't already members? Not not only that, but think about this. The guy shot himself in the temple. You know, classic mm-hmm. suicide pose, you know, put the gun up to your temple, yep. pull the trigger, shoot yourself. And then Jim claimed credit for it when the Court of Owls called him. He's like, I killed him. Yeah. 
Now, yeah, any, yeah. any forensic scientist worth their salt is going to immediately recognize that he killed himself, that this looks like a suicide. And Jim is not going to publicly say, no, I killed him and risk going to jail just so that he can save face with the um, Court of Owls. Yeah, no. So what happens when the newspaper comes out that says that this guy killed himself? Well, most likely they'll just – he's going to – I mean I don't remember him reporting it. Did he just – did he conceal it? Maybe did he, he bury the body? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's going to keep it on hush-hush and just, oh, my uncle went missing. Right. Ooh, what a surprise. So, did, did you also, like me, have a problem with the fact that they went down to the dock to find the, the weapon that's coming in on boat and – they get there and the guy's like, nothing's due to come in, but something came in last week and it's in that box yeah. right over there and it's been sitting here for a week. But there's still a guy in the next room with swords and a mask who's going to cut you open and kill you because he's protecting it for what, a week? He's just standing around there sharpening his swords for a week in case anyone came down? Yeah, that was weak sauce. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah, that was that was pretty weak. I agree with you there. And once again, they killed more people. I I, I really wish I would have done this when the show started because I'm not going to go back and watch all the episodes <laughs> okay. now. But the the body count on this show alone is just astronomical. Yeah. I mean the pop. I mean seriously. I mean every episode, a dozen people get killed. It's true. And that's that's just in the police department. <laughs> you know, the recruitment and retention of Gotham PD, I mean, the signing bonuses they have to give out to sucker people and to come work yeah. there. It's got to be <laughs> And there's probably a clause in there that says if you don't live past, you know, 30 days, then we get to take it back. It doesn't go to your next of kids. <laughs> if you don't live, <laughs> nice. Nice. But, yeah. So, so the story's know. moving forward. I did read something that said um, – they're not sure if they're getting another season. I bet they will. You know, Fox. I feel like they Fox will. isn't going to look at the numbers and be like, "Oh, we've got to pull it." They've invested enough in this show by now that they're going to be like, "No, let's keep going." Um, the producers did say that up around episode twenty-two or twenty-three, we're probably going to get our first peek at who will become um, Harley Quinn. And that next season could focus a lot on Harley Quinn, but it's going to be the early stages, like Dr. Harleen Quinzel type of thing. Oh, yeah. She'll probably be a focus in the next season. And supposedly we're also going to get a proto-Bane. A proto-Bane? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't know if that means like before he gets the Venom, you know, are we just going to see another luchador wrestler? Um who becomes a thug and starts leading a gang, you know, but he's not super Bane yet. Yeah, I'm not I'm not cool with I, that. I wouldn't be either. So I'm not cool with that. But then again, this is Gotham, so you know, it could turn out that he's a Texan with a ten gallon hat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and his name is Travis Bane. <laughs> exactly. They do like to change shit up. And he's got a song in his heart. <laughs> Ah, hell. Anyhow, uh, moving on. Supergirl. Supergirl. So I wasn't a big fan of this episode. It, it's the stereotypical – not stereotypical. It's, it's becoming the formula of a lot of shows, but especially of this one. Um, 
I know better than you. I'm going to overreact and jump into situations. So by the end of the episode, it proves that I was wrong. I need to consider other people, and, and maybe I'm not always right. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It was very ABC After School special. Yeah, it really was. It was really like, you know, Alex's girlfriend. There, Maggie. Uh, Maggie, thank you. Uh, you know, oh, I've been talking to this guy for 17 hours. You just kind of break in the ceiling and arrest him. And she's like, yeah, I got the job done. You're welcome. No, that, that's not what I was saying. Like, I was, I had it handled. Well, I got, I mean, they're in jail. I got it taken care of. Besides, no, you're free for dinner. It's all good. It's like she's oblivious to other people. Because right. all of a sudden in this episode, Kara has a tremendous ego about herself. Apparently. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. She has a tremendous ego about herself. And then, like, you know, oh, I, I know what's best for everything. I'm going to – because, like <sighs> – I don't feel like it's been depicted all season long that she just kind of dives in head first without thinking about right. things. Like maybe in the first couple episodes she did, but like she's been taught to not do that since yeah. then and to look at things. And then this episode, no, it's just all emotional reaction, yes. emotional reaction, not thinking things through on and on and on. Um, cause Alex gets kidnapped by a former classmate of theirs, of, of Alex's actually, who managed to figure out Kara's secret. Because he remembered something that happened on the beach back when they were like 10 years old. Yeah, back when Kara was like first here, so. And, uh, and, and the reason why he did this is because he wants his dad out of prison. A dad he didn't really have a relationship with until he was older, but, you know, uh, he loves his dad still and wants him out of prison. And what a waste of Greg Henry's talent. Oh, tremendous When I waste. saw him, I'm like, oh, man, is he going to be a new villain? Is he gonna? And he was just some schlub in prison. Yep. Like, that guy was yep. great. I love him. Yep. And essentially, this, the, the bad guy creates almost insurmountable – you know, trap for Alex and for others to try to find her. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was super over the top. And then the whole time he's all like, you'll do what I say. Cause you know, Oh, and then of course, because you know, car jumps in without thinking first and Maggie's like, no, you know, you need to take your time to think about this. We gotta, he doesn't look like a guy who's been defeated. And she, and Ken Kara's just like, screw you. I'm her sister. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the the blatantly obvious thing, oh, she went from having 20 hours left to four. Because, you know, that's how he set it up, magically. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Which, I don't know, it seems like he was giving them an awful long time to find her and figure this out. Well, you know, 36 hours and then, you know. When they when he set when they when they pop the trap it only sets the timer down to four hours still. Now the other thing is well, there's a couple of things here. One, like I wouldn't call myself lazy, but you know, I, I don't know that even at my best revenge fantasy mode, I don't think that I could put that much time and effort into anticipating the moves of essentially a god and a police department and the DEO, I, like this is part of the problem that I have with stuff like this is when the writers allow their characters to be smarter than they should be. There's no reason that this guy should have had that much 
time to prepare this kind of, oh, I've been preparing this for a year. Yeah, but you really planned on everything that the DEO was doing. You really planned that Supergirl would go there and rip the top off that thing and that that would trigger something that would magically turn the clock down to four hours and, you know, start water rushing into the thing. Like, who, who? And by the way, it took four hours for water to fill up that room, yeah. that, that square box she was in? Yeah. No, no. That water was coming out a good clip. I mean, it's probably going to take at most a half hour. Lex Luthor never came up with plans quite that involved. And he was a super genius. He was a mastermind. Yes, super genius. Yeah. Not only that, but... Yeah. And then, of course... I was going to say, so now we've seen three different roles from Maggie. So she was a basically a beat cop that investigated alien stuff. Then she was a detective... You know, yep. and now she's a hostage negotiator as well. She's Mary Sue. Yeah, they're they're giving her too much leeway. Like, what what department does she work like, for that they allow her to do all this stuff? Like, seventeen hours as a yeah. hostage negotiator. I think after an hour they would have brought in a real negotiator. Yeah, it's it was it's a bit ridiculous. It was a, it was a bit ridiculous. I mean, they're they're definitely making her like the only person on the force that matters, apparently. Yep. And everyone else is just a blue shirt. Yeah, right. Exactly. Anyhow, um, and then of course by the end of the episode, you know, Kara's learned her lesson and so uh, realizes that yes, so has Maggie, and realized and Kara's learned that maybe someone else can love Alex just as much as I love Alex. And they all lived happily ever after till the next week. Except, exactly. let's also not forget the other storyline going on this time. And that was uh, Lena Luther and oh, Terry yes. Hatcher. Yes. And yes, Lena yes. proving once again that she is a good person and that she is very clever, you know, uh, telling her, oh, I need your thumbprint here. And basically, oh, I've just confirmed you're an alien. I don't want to work with you. You lied to me. Get the hell out of my place. Yep. And then Terry Hatcher materializing on her balcony and saying, now you really have to and work it, with me because I want to do what's right. Essentially manipulating her. <clears throat> yep. So, yeah. I, they need to get rid of Terry Hatcher's character. I don't like that story arc. I don't like what's going Agreed. on. Agreed. Agreed. Let's get it out of here. Let's, 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 let's get it done. Yep. Um, I'm going to jump over to Arrow real quick so I can say my one note I have about Arrow, which is one word, three letters, meh. Yeah. Uh, They found a way to once again add more flashbacks into this show. And this time they weren't even of Oliver's time on the island. They were were a a couple months ago or a couple years ago. Flashing back to yeah, couple, whenever when Felicity and Oliver were, were to, to their relationship was building, I guess, and they were. Oh, I think it was after working it was out over. together. Maybe it was after it was over. Yeah, it was probably. Uh, regardless, it was just basically. Um, this was a filler episode. It really was. It was total filler. This this was a filler episode. This was a filler episode where the, you know, at the end of last week they realized that was it. the guy's name's chase, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, he's mapping that he's here. 
at the building, and then an e- EMP goes off, and it deactivates everything in the building, and then we find out that this this building basically has a nuclear bomb underneath it somehow because it was built excessively, just excessive in nature, yep. I guess, his secret lair. And, of course, Felicity's uh, – her device that allows her to walk was, was – shut down with the EMP pulse, so now her legs are useless again. But don't worry, because uh, Curtis very, can flick it back on with, you know, two seconds oh, worth of looking at it. Yeah, uh, by the end of the episode. The thing know, that's surgically implanted in her spine. Yeah. They spend the whole episode, basically, how do we get out of here? And then they get out, and then everybody's okay, and everything's fixed, and, and like you said, Curtis fixes her her implant device so she can walk again. And we don't see Chase this episode. We do nothing but see and establish, you know, Oliver and Felicity romance uh, relationship storyline. And the only other underlying thing involved in there is uh, Diggle's wife. And how he feels she's not being honest with him or being dishonest or she's acting like Amanda Waller. Uh, but then by the end of the episode, he's like cool with everything she does now. It, that was the only thing that I found redeeming about this episode was the fact that they mirrored that in both Felicity talking to Oliver and Lila talking to John. <laughs> where both of them, in both situations, um, the guy, you know, Oliver or John, was saying to the woman, you know, you're being devious, you're being underhanded, you were lying to me, you know, whether it was talking about Hive or it was talking about um, Argus. You know, you were lying to me and you were doing all this stuff behind my back and blah, blah, blah. And then Felicity slash Lila both said, you do this all the time. This is your literal modus operandi. You know, Lila was saying, John, you follow Oliver no matter what he does. And you guys have killed people and you guys have done dark, devious stuff and you've locked people away. And, you know, I've always trusted you. Why is it that when I do it, I'm a criminal? You know, I'm an asshole. And, you know, Felicity saying the same thing to Oliver. I've seen the stuff that you've done and I've seen the things that you've done in the name of protecting the city, et cetera. So why is it that when I do the same thing, I'm the creep? And basically by the end of it, both guys were like, you know, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the story really, I mean, like you literally could take this episode out and not miss anything. It really accomplished nothing. They treaded yep. water this whole week, and in and, and, and in doing so, just ugh. why were there methane pipes in the basement? Oh, what? the cool something! <laughs> I don't know. There's no reason for methane to be down there. And now that I've said that, now that I've made this statement, Martin's going to bust in with something that says, "Well, actually, in an underground bunker, methane is primarily used to, and it's going to blow me right filter or something yep. or rather, I don't know." Shut us down, Martin. Shut That's us right. down. Um, yeah. And then, unfortunately, this pains me to say Uh-oh. this, but when it comes to Flash this week, yep. my note is, so, Savitar is future Barry. I called it. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> like, I'm not, that, that does nothing for me. I'd rather have it be a character I didn't know at all rather than be the future Barry. Really? I think it's great. Yeah. Oh, I think it's terrible. Oh, I, I like it. it what happened in I his life? It. What happened in his life that made everything so terrible that he that this is what he did and comes back and kills the love of his life, quote unquote? 
You know what I mean? Like, what happened along the way that made it so bad? And you would think once he killed Iris, things would change. Like, they might get worse or they might get better or who, who the freak knows? I just, I have this, this, I have no interest in future Barry being Savitar. I think it's well, stupid. Let me, let me take a twist on that for you. See if, see Go if ahead. I can convince you otherwise. So All right. we've already seen future Barry, which was emo Barry. Pouting uh, and crying and everybody sucks and Iris is gone. But here's the thing. Flashpoint is still on the table. Flashpoint was created and then destroyed by Barry. So this future Barry that we're seeing with the melted face is most likely a production of that, whether it's that he comes from Flashpoint or he was created in the wake of Flashpoint being undone. You know, uh, what's his name there? Uh, uh, Reverse Flash, when he had him trapped in that cell, he asked him, who's the villain now, Barry? You know, who's the villain in this story? You are. So... We have two different future berries that we've seen. We've seen the emo one, and now we've seen this one that he says, I created myself. I am the future Flash. And I think we're going to find out tomorrow night that this future Flash that becomes Savitar is one that was robbed of all the love, of all the companionship, etc., by the collapse of Flashpoint. Somehow, whether he's a remnant or whether he was created in an alternate timeline where none of these people ever knew him, uh, supported him, etc. You know, maybe he lost Iris in his timeline early on, or maybe he lost the entire team and he's been stuck doing this on his own. Um, they definitely drilled that home when he was doing his little, uh, you know, montage of, Clues, you know, what happened, what would happen to somebody if they didn't have all this love? What would happen to somebody if they were devoid of love in their life? And he was like, that's why I know that it's him. This is also the person who talked to alchemy and said, I want these people given their powers back because in Flashpoint they had these powers. So he was essentially trying to recreate part of the world of Flashpoint. I don't think that Savitar killing Iris is going to be like, I have to kill her because by killing her, that creates me in the future. I think that he's killing her because he wants this Barry to suffer the way that he suffered. We also had that message on um, the crossover episodes where they got, remember there was a message on the Wave Runner that was for Rip and it was from Future Barry and he said, something big is coming. It's beyond my control. You can't trust anyone, even me. Yes, I do remember that. So that future Barry probably knew about other Barry, which when I say that out loud makes me laugh because Archer has that character, Barry, the android who always talks to himself like that. You know, they'll say, Barry, what do you think? I don't know other Barry. What do you think? So talking about other Barry, just a fun joke for me. But I really think that we're going to find that Flashpoint did more than just – because remember, we got different versions of right. Caitlyn and Cisco as well. You know, No, you're right. We did. This Caitlyn is Killer Frost, but not really. And this version of Cisco lost his brother. Yeah. Okay. Well, <sighs> I, I know it's not ideal. Not that I wasn't going to watch this week's episode or mm. anything. 
But I mean, all right, you've 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 sold me. You've you've sold me a bill of goods that I can buy into. <laughs> um, I just uh, hopefully it goes that way. We'll find out. We'll find out tomorrow yes. night when it airs. Yes. And we I'm watch very it. Excited so. about that because you know, and, and again, it's not just me going. Ha! Huh, I called it. I knew this was. I don't even care about that. Right. If I had been wrong, I would have been fine. But I, I think that this is where they're going to go with it, and I can get behind that. I really can, as long as they do it the right way, which fingers crossed they do. You know, say that Flashpoint wrecked something. Say that it left him abandoned in his timeline. You know, give us a reason for him to be this yes. way. So keep him with that superhero motif. Yes. Let's talk about Shield. Yeah. So I mean, essentially, they find the back door out of the, out of the framework. Yep. You know, and Fitz and Simmons and Colson and May and Daisy—they all manage to get through the framework and get Whether out. They want to or not. In Fitz's case, absolutely, exactly. In Fitz's case, and then Ratcliffe helps him, and. It was interesting, too, because to get up to that point, remember, Gemma went to look for Fitz's father, and she's like, what yes. have you done to him, and blah, 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 and they wrestle around, and he gets shot. And that yep. version of he Fitz is like, me. I'm going to kill her. Yes. And he does shoot her right in yes. the knee. He does. Well, that version of Fitz does shoot her in the leg when she won't get on her knees so we can execute yep. her. Um, and then Ratcliffe puts a stop to it, because basically Ratcliffe is saying... The only reason why I told you where you can find them is that way we could get you out yep. of here. Because that's the only way you would go. And so basically Ratcliffe wants to undo everything he did. Yep. And Mac chooses to stay in the framework because he doesn't want to live without his daughter. He doesn't want to live without hope. Even though he knows that he's that he knows he's in this thing called the framework. He knows that he's digitally trapped in here, if yep. you will. Because after the for when Colson and, and and May go through, or for, maybe it's just Colson first, but when the, when uh, yeah when 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 he goes through, like the whole room essentially you know like there's a big swipe that goes across almost like you know everything's being digitally yeah. reset if you will yeah, and that's when Max sees oh my God you, you're telling us the truth like finally he believes and accepts yep. it and everything so. But you notice no ward in this episode whatsoever. Nope, but there was Trip. But Trip was in it, yes. Yep. I, so. I can't believe – I guess I can, but it seems odd to me that they would bring those two actors back for just a few episodes of a storyline of this season without something planned for the future. But maybe they did. You know, Maybe they were just cool guys and you know, they said, hey, if you're yeah. willing, you know – I mean, it makes sense, yeah. you know, for them to be in the framework like it were. So. But we did see that the machine works. The looking glass works. Yes. And Ada was created as a living being who apparently yes. can teleport. Yeah, wasn't that weird? So basically, you know, you got you got Fitz, you got Colson and May, and they're all, you know, they've been they're out of the framework and they're in the room where they're being held. Max still Fitz, the. Max still strapped to the bed because he doesn't go yep. through. And when May and Coulson first come out, they see Ada attached to her machine, and we see Coulson pick up a scalpel. And what we don't see until later is that he removes her head. Yeah. But it's too late because Ada's already being downloaded with you in this in this this body that she's being created by using the black old dark old the dark old. Yep. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the dark old. So, um. 
Yeah. They, Fitz, though, when he comes out, he's immediately like, he feels bad. He feels remorseful. He remembers everything that happened, every way he acted, how he was. And he's pretty shaken up by it and all. I like that. I was wondering how they were going to handle that when these people popped out. You know, whether they like were disoriented or if they remembered it as a dream or whatever, but no, they, they fully remembered being awake and conscious in that world and who they were. Cause Colson and May both talk about that as well. And then yes. Fitz, you're right. Fitz comes out and I mean, he's losing his shit because he shot Gemma. He ordered the airstrike yep. that killed Mace and he looks over and sees that Mace's bed is empty. And yep. he's like, you know, I did all this. I killed those people. And then when Ada walks in, or sorry, Ophelia walks <laughs> in, um, it's almost like he, he looks at her and he, he has feelings for her. I couldn't tell. Like, yeah, I couldn't tell if he was confused, but you know, she, she talks to him and, and then somehow what she teleported. It, that was really weird. She's like telling him, she's like, feel my heartbeat. You can feel it now. Feel my skin. It's all real and we can be together and we can have our love and there's so much we could do. And she wraps her arms around him and they just blink out of existence. Just like a little blue flash and boom, gone. Blink. From Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> blink. Yep. And they jump. That's what happened. Uh, <laughs> um, it was a good episode. It was. It, it was a really good episode. We really had two episodes season. left this season. Yep. I really love the three separate storylines. I love the fact that we got Ghost Rider coming back for the finale. Yeah. And I'm pretty pretty excited to see where these next two episodes go, to see how it ends well, up. I'll tell you, this was a bit of a disappointment for me, and so I'm going to share it with you. Uh, but they did have the next time on S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I didn't see that, but go uh, ahead. It looks like it's they're dealing with the catastrophes because, you know, in this episode we saw that um, they were draining a lot of power on the Blackbird. Or, yes. No, it's not the Blackbird. That's the X-Men. Anyway, the, the uh, I can't even think of the name of the ship. Quinjet. Basically, yeah. The Quinjet. big Quinjet that they have yeah. flying around in the sky that Daisy and uh, yep. uh, Simmons were on in their catatonic states, it was draining too much power. So they had to like cut the heat and cut some of the life support. And then they cut the cloaking. And now the Russian guy has sent a fighter jet up there, basically a MIG up there to shoot them out of the sky. So they're dealing with that and possibly being shot out of the sky next week and, or this week now. And meanwhile, the submarine seems to be having problems of its own. And they showed scenes of like Colson and may trying to, you know, stop leaks and plug up gaps and stuff like that. And it looks like it's going to sink. But the very last scene that they showed was the water rising dangerously high and uh, Max still strapped into his bed, still asleep and the water coming up ah. to like, his neck and his mouth. So in other words, it, like we could have been left with the idea that, you know, Max is going to live out the rest of his days in the, in the uh, framework and just framework. be fine and whatever, or they'll try to figure something out. But now you know that they're going to have to try to figure something out and get him yep. out of there. You know, whether it's him inside, they're saying, no, I've got to go back or, you know, whatever's going to happen. You know that there's more coming with that. Well, I may wait and watch both episodes back to back. Yeah. I may wait and do I can, that. I can get that. Because, you know, it's a two-part episode. Right, right. Uh, I can understand wanting to do that with something like that. So, Superstore. Yes. Holy God. Um, So, I did not expect to have happened. First of all, going into this, I did not realize that it was the season finale. Okay. 
I did. So this was the season finale episode as yep. well. Uh, Glenn has to fire six people. Yep. And so they tease for like the first half of the half of the episode, who's he going to fire? How's he going to pick them on and on and on? And then finally, when he's forced to do it, he just rattles off their six names and then the tornado warning goes off. <laughs> yeah. And now they're trapped in the store together. And I, I thought that's how it was going to go. Like you'd have the comedy play out of the awkwardness of being trapped in the store together and people doing their own thing and everything. One of my favorite parts is Jonah and Amy's off hiding together by the pharmacy or something. And there's some guys just like, hey, uh, <laughs> the razors. I mean, these, you know, it says these two buy two, get one. one free, two for one. But there's two in this pack. So that means like. Like, do I get two packs for one, or is it there's there's two in a pack, so that's the two, and you only, you know it's like you're paying the price of one, or like the people that were standing at the counter waiting to be checked out during oh, at one point. That brings back so many memories. I, I love those little cut-ins and cut-arounds that they yes. do. Um, They're just like, why isn't somebody ringing me up? You know, this, the tornado warnings yeah. are going off. There's no power in the building, and they're like, why isn't anyone ringing me up? Um, but basically, Amy and Jonah kiss. Yeah. Very deep and passionate. They share a kiss together. Oh, yes, 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 because they're very fond of each yeah. other. And then the tornado hits the store. <laughs> and it friggin' guts the place. Like, I was shocked. Like, ripped out the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I was absolutely shocked. Oh, and then don't forget the guy outside oh picking the carts God. up. I can't remember the whole his thing. name, but I felt so bad for him. Like he kept, they kept cutting away to him picking up carts. Like, you know, you'd see an entire string of like 20 carts just go flying through the parking lot. And then a little while later, he'd be out there like wheeling those back. And just as he gets them back, another string goes flying and he's like, oh, and then when he finally like seems to have them under yeah. control, he looks up and there's a tornado bearing down on him. Oh yeah, it was pretty. And then after the tornado passes and they cut to like the aftermath and everyone's being checked out or looked on and Amy's husband and daughter show up. And so now, oh, maybe she's back with him. And then Dina starts doing the checkoff list and she gets to that one name is like, oh, no, he's not here. <laughs> it was the guy doing the cards. Exactly. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was, it was funny. It was a funny episode. And, um, I don't. I, th- I think it has been renewed for another season yes, already. Yes, yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to what they're going to do from here. But uh, this whole concept of the tornado thing, as I'm watching it, I thought, oh man, because I didn't know it'd been renewed for another season yet. I'm like, are they going to kill everybody <laughs> off, and that's how they're going to end the show? Because <laughs> uh, NBC did that once before with the TV show Grand. Oh, really? Yeah, this was back in back in the early '90s. It was a TV show called Grand, and. Uh, essentially like a tornado came through in the, in the final episode and, and everyone in the cast got wiped out. Like they just disappeared. And this guy shows up at the end, like the one guy that didn't, and he shows up with the trailer supposed to be, and it's just gone. And then, you know, closing credits. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed that show. I'm looking forward to it coming back. Yeah. Same here. Oh, and, uh, Speaking of renewals, they did say that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't been officially renewed for Season 5, but somebody on the inside said, oh, yeah, don't worry. I, I'm, I've heard that they are renewing it for Season 5. So they'd be dumb not to at well, this point. One show that I have, I've heard has officially been canceled is Emerald City. I heard that, too. Yeah, which is kind of a shame because I wasn't – it was a solid it show. It really was. Yep. I was looking forward, but I mean, they kind of ended it on an okay note for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. 
So, um, uh, I'm up to the blacklist. Yes. Uh, you know, another good episode. Yeah. This whole tension stuff between Kate, uh, Kate, uh, yeah. Yeah. Kate, Kate and Red is, is great television. It is. Like she even talked it in this time. She's like, she was on the train and he shows up at the car and the woman's like, Oh, you must be red. She said to give you this. <laughs> he calls her and she's like, I'm going to this place. You know what's there, right? You'll never catch yep. me in time. Yep. Nah, it was, a, it was a really good episode. Yep. Really good episode. There, it's definitely, it's, it's the, they're playing the game of human chess, if you will. And we're learning more about each both other. of them. You know, basically this one was, yep. she went to this guy and was like, Hey, guess what? You remember when your son disappeared and died? That was Reddington. And, you know, she's half telling the story and then Reddington's half telling the story by saying that he essentially wanted to make the guy an ally. So he created a problem yep. that. That he was going to exactly. solve. And it was supposed to just be like a kidnapping, yep. but it got out of control. And Yep. Yep, it yeah. did. Great episode. And, but this is a guy that Red's a partner with. Like the majority of, his, of Red's criminal organization is, is kind of hand-in-hand with this guy based on access he has to airports and securities and this, that, and everything. So, you know, ultimately when Red goes to talk to him about it, the guy's like, I'm going to kill you. And Red's like, mm, nope. Because apparently Red's had an inside guy there for 25 years yep. <laughs> who takes them all out and then Red kills him. Yep. And essentially Red's like, all right, well, our business is going to suffer quite a bit now. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And then the other storyline is Agent Wessler was kidnapped and basically Kate had this uh, this memory specialist who's wiped out <sighs> yeah, that was Elizabeth's weird. memory a couple of times, implant a memory that the uh, what was it? the girl you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about? I can't think of her name. The woman there. She's anyways. Everyone hates her. She's she was part was of the overseeing. Cabal. Yeah, exactly. Um, but she's like an attorney general or yeah. something, something in the government. Basically, that there's this case that Wesley's been trying to solve, and that there was a witness, and that she abducted the witness, and now he's going to go get her back. And essentially, they're basically sending Wesley up to go kill this girl. Right. And by planting false memories and taking memories away and this and that. And uh, ultimately, Elizabeth and company stop him from doing it. But in the end, because he did what he did and he shot a guy outside and home invaded, home invasion, no, no, no. Even though he was brainwashed, essentially, they still arrested him. So now Wessler's kind of out of the picture. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing on there as well is, you know, Wessler and his old friend who was running the task force to bring Raymond Redding, uh, Reddington down, you know, he's got all these bodies. He's digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And, you know, Wessler can't be a go-between anymore now. And he's starting to find out things he shouldn't be finding out. Yep. So there's there's a lot of fronts going on. And they're all being handled really, really well with some great details. Yes. Yeah, there's some great detail going on. So, I mean, this is definitely building to a pretty grand finale this season. I'm excited. And I really hope that it's not the series finale. But I know there's been talk of that. It feels like it could be going in that direction and that it would be okay. I hate to say that, but if they keep it up like this, then it could be okay because we're really getting some closure and I don't want a watered-down version of this show. Right. Not by a long shot. Right. Yeah. So, 
You got anything else you watch? Um, I do actually. TV show wise, yep, I mean, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll watch. I want to gloss over a couple of them, but I want to get into details on a couple others. Um, okay. Archer continues to be very good this season. Uh, that's one of those shows that if you're not watching it, you wouldn't get it. But it's really intelligently done humor, and I really enjoy it. So it it continues the nice. the good theme that they got going on with the Dreamland. Um, Lucifer came back this week, and it turns out that. Um, you know, there was a lot of drama and blah, blah, blah. But it turns out that the the blade that Azrael had that can kill an angel was actually, in fact, his mother tells him this was the um, flaming sword that Michael used to quell the rebellion that Lucifer had led back in the day. And the flaming sword is the one thing that can cut open the gates of heaven and let them back in. So Mom and Amenadiel and Lucifer are all going to try to use the blade to reignite it, to make it the flaming sword again so that they can march back into heaven since they've all been banished to hell. Actually, I don't know that Amenadiel has, but he hasn't been able to get back up to heaven because, you know, he kind of was healed with Lucifer's wings. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Um, And iZombie, I still love this show. I still think that it's great television it's really it's a fun quirky show and i just can't get enough of it it's not the type of thing where i'm like this is the greatest show i would probably not list it in like my top 10 shows but it would be in the top 20 it's a really good show it's really well done the characters are well developed and you know it's it's definitely the kind of thing that if somebody said geez i was thinking about watching this i'd say yes go watch it It, you're gonna have a lot of fun with it um and all I'll say about Big Bang Theory is at least it's almost over for the season, but they said that um, the last two, which is um, Amy Farrah Fowler and Bernadette, just signed contracts, so now the show is going on for at least two more years. You know, I'm kind of behind on that show, and I don't even feel bad about it. Yeah. Y- you shouldn't. Um. So then I've got three shows that I wanted to dig into a little bit here, one of which I'm assuming you watched, which is Fargo. Yes, I did watch me some Fargo, actually. Sounds like you and I are going to disagree on this one. Um, Well, okay, the one thing I liked about it, basically this whole episode takes place in Los Angeles. And they even say at the beginning they took out Minnesota and put Los Angeles when they do the, this is a true story, you know, da-da-da-da-da. So I thought that was kind of neat they updated yep. it. But essentially, the, you know, the, the long and the short of it is this. Uh, the, the sheriff there, I can't think of her I name. I want to say Carrie, but I don't know if that's it. Yeah, she's the chief of police of the small town department that got absorbed by the sheriff, the county sheriff's right. department. So the chief, she, her stepfather was murdered. In the first episode, she found books by a guy named Thaddeus something that she can't figure out why he has copies of these books. Okay. So Gloria, she also finds Gloria. Okay. So Gloria also finds a couple other things like this autographed photo from this Hollywood celebrity and the fact that his, his name was actually, his real name was actually the, the, the author Thaddeus, whatever. Mobley. Mobley, thank you. It was actually Thaddeus Mobley who wrote the book. So now she's like, well, why did he write these books? Why did he change his name? Who's this girl? 
and she tracked down the fact that he had lived in L.A. for a while. So she went to L.A. to investigate this and track it all down. And essentially, the show opens up with this like 10-minute montage of Thaddeus when he was in the 70s or the 60s, when he was 70s, when he was younger. He's in L.A. He just won an award for his book. He meets a, a shyster of a uh, Hollywood producer-type guy who basically bilks him out of money. And the autographed photo, the girl there, um, she also used him in getting money out of him and everything and got him on drugs and this and that and everything. So essentially that's the opening 10 minutes is we establish who he, who he is when he's younger, the Hollywood shyster, and then the starlet that screws him over. And then now we go to Gloria coming into L.A. to lead her investigation to try and figure all this out. And the episode is intercut with the flashback scenes and the current scenes and her piecing everything together. And the long and the short of it is this. He goes to L.A., he wins an award for his book. He gets hooked on drugs, hooks up with this girl, gets screwed over by this guy. They built him out of all kinds of money. When he confronts them about it, they basically say, you're a putz. Uh, we, we, we used you. You're a loser. Just deal with it okay, pal. And they even assault him. So he snaps. And he takes this Hollywood, this shady producer, knocks him down, grabs his cane, and just starts beating him with it, which essentially this puts this guy in a home for the rest of his life because he's been so, like, damaged. And he goes to – he throws the girl on the ground but then doesn't hit her, just says she's a bad person. He goes back to his hotel. He's freaked out. He's vomiting in the toilet, on and on and on. And then that's it. He leaves L.A. And eventually, you know, he goes and – he has these two books that he published that, you know, never really did anything more than that. And long down the way, he becomes Gloria's stepdad. And then it kind of comes full circle around to her investigating the whole thing and her discovering all this and talking to that starlet and talking to that Hollywood producer. And then the biggest problem I had with the whole episode, and I know I'm taking up the time, I apologize, uh, was at the end when she goes to pick up something off the floor in the bathroom and she sees that in the toilet – on the back side, there's a stamp that says, like, it's the Stussy Brothers. It's Dennis Stussy Den- and Sons. Stussy, Dennis Stussy and Sons toilets. And the D in Dennis has kind of been scraped off, so it just says Ennis Stussy. And that's where he got the name. His false name was when he was throwing up in the toilet, he saw that. And went, oh, come on. That same toilet's not to be in that same hotel for 35 years. And even if it was, there's no way the rest of that didn't get wiped or washed away in 35 years of toilet cleaning. That little stamp yep. thing that was already damaged to begin with. So that's the episode, right? Yep. Um, yep. Good summation. Good summation. I miss anything? Um, the only thing that you missed that I would add is this episode sucked donkey balls. I fucking <laughs> yeah. hated this episode with a passion. <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't it, wasn't. Very Dude, good. if this episode had been the premiere of this season, not only would oh, I have God, stopped yeah. watching, I never would have watched another episode of Fargo if it had gone on for 10 more seasons. Yeah, I, I, I would say that it's a good thing the show had two other seasons to fall back on, plus two other episodes this season before this, because you know how good it can be compared to how it is now. I saw people reviewing this online, and they were talking about how brilliant it is and how genius it is. And I thought, these people don't understand these words. They they are throwing around words like brilliant and genius in the wrong capacity. 
because yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say this was brilliant or genius. It was definitely very long drawn out story building. It was slow. It was dull. Like you said, that was stupid. She happened to find the same hotel he was staying in. Happened to find the same room. You know, it was not like she had a receipt that said, "Oh, he stayed at this hotel." This was the first place that she got to. And 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 I'm sorry, happened to have the same room with the same rubbed off part of the toilet, so that she's like, "Oh, that's how he picked his name." Ha 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 ha. And yeah. what was up? There was the a lot of weak sauce that was in the closet that you flicked the switch <sighs> and a hand reached out and flick. Oh, and you did forget one thing, which was uh, the interspersal of his. Yes, story. I was just going to mention that. Yes. Throughout the throughout the episode, she's reading the book, and they keep showing like a little cartoon animated thing to go along with her reading of the book of this little android monster that for 2.3 million years walked the earth, basically saying nothing more than, I can help. Yep. And then these alien race finding him and saying, you did a great job. You can now deactivate yourself. And his head pops open and there's a switch that he pushes. And I think that's where the box and the switch comes but, from. But still, like, what was the box yeah. doing in the closet? I mean, I understand that they were trying I don't to know. parallel that, but... And then she took the box with her and, and yeah. put it in the back of her police cruiser back in Minnesota. Yeah, I know. You know we had some weak sauce. We had stupid things like, you know, her some Santa, because they're having a Santa convention, grabs her suitcase and runs away with it. So she calls the local police and they show up and they're like, yeah, you're never going to get that back. But the guy's like hitting on her as he's taking her statement yep. and then calls her up and says, hey, you should come down to the local bar. And then – Basically, um, hits on her a little bit, tells her he's got to drop the kids off at the pool. And she's like, oh, you've got kids? He goes, no, i got to take a shit. And so he yeah. goes to take a shit, and then he comes back out. And she's talking to the mysterious guy that she was talking to on the plane who now is mysteriously here in the same room. But there was never any resolution. Yes. They never talked about why no. he was there. And then the guy comes out, and he's like, so I'm just going to lay it out there. Am I getting laid or not? Yeah, you're kind of cute. Am I getting laid tonight or not? And, or what? And she's like, she goes, or what? And he goes, all right, well, thanks for the beers. And he grabs his two beers and walks yeah. off. But yeah. everything of this episode was boring, dull, ridiculous. Like, I didn't care about these characters. And that's the thing, too, is like all of this yeah. digging that she's doing has absolutely nothing to do with the overall story because Ennis only died as an accident because he happened to have the same last name as the guy that he was supposed to, that the, the criminal was supposed to steal the stamp from. And that criminal mm -hmm. is dead now. Yes. Which they did establish at the end of the episode that was mentioned where they, they found fingerprints in the room, and it goes to this guy who's on probation. But, huh, a fluke accident. He died when the air conditioner fell on him. So they were they were going to go check that out when the episode yep. ended. So, yeah, it definitely was the, the – the, it was the worst episode of any season of this show. I just – honestly, like I got done with this episode, and I was like, I hate this episode. I hate this episode so much. I haven't hated an episode of TV this much in quite a while. Yeah. And Well, I don't know about that. There's episodes of Arrow I've hated more. No, no. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't hate the episode. I didn't – I was just like, wow, that was – 
That was different. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm not saying you have to hate it. You know, we've, we've well, had differing opinions on other things tonight even. But for me, it was just, it was abysmal. And I honestly don't know if I'm going to watch this next week. I noticed that there's a conflict on my DVR and I went to like resolve that by recording Fargo later. And I'm like, I got to really think if I want to record it or not. Because after last week's episode with, you know, the I'm going to send him a message by pulling my tampon out and writing in period blood and then leaving the tampon in his drawer. Yeah. And then this week's episode that was just god awful. You know, I don't know if I want to keep watching. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to keep I watching. I assumed, and I assumed but, you could let me know if I yeah. uh, made I will. a mistake or not. I absolutely will. Um, so you watched any other new shows this week, it sounds yes, like? two new shows. Uh, one of them, I watched all four existing episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, my wife and I, she finally finished the book, so we are going to be starting that soon. Uh, I have not read the book. Um, yep. It is a good show. I'm enjoying it, yep. but I'm enjoying it um, trepidatiously because it is a very dark world. Yes. Um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it, though, from other people. Yes. About the it, show. As long as you accept the fact that, you know, everything about it is dark and twisted. Uh, well, the, the book is dark and twisted. Yes. I mean, think of the, the storyline of what it's yep. about. Um, the thing that really uh, makes it hard to swallow it in places is the fact that it's based on some of the fears that everybody has right now based on or, or surrounding the existing um, government. You know, yep. the people that are in power right now. I don't want to turn this into a political discussion. You know, no, and I, and I don't here. either. But, but but look at the fact that the next season of American Horror Story is completely about the, the Clinton and Trump yeah. presidential campaign. Yeah. So, um, But yeah. yeah, based on everything that has happened surrounding this past election and the people that are in power now, you know, this world in A Handmaid's Tale is – eerily close to what people have been fearing. So uh, yeah, that's pretty bleak. Yep. Um, the, uh, the story is told well, you know, there is some overdubbing narration, which is nice. Um, the, uh, the episodes progress well. Um, the pacing's good. There is a mystery going on. They don't tell you <laughs> what happened outright. You have to kind of piece it together from what people talk about in the present. And then there are flashbacks to like right before all of this happened. Um, so you get little hints here and there, but nobody comes right out. It's not like, you know, some stories will say, uh, in 2017, a nuclear bomb was dropped and this happened and this happened and blah, blah, blah. You know, they kind of spell it out for you. You don't get that with this. You have to kind of piece it together from the little bits that you get here and there, which makes sense. You know, that's, it'd be kind of like if you were asking a group of people, what was, uh, you know, what had happened and all of them started talking at once. So you could only catch like little bits here and there. You know, while you're talking, yeah. my brain went to that movie with, I think it was a Clive Owen where it's like that, that post, that, that post apocalyptic future world or desolate world where people can't reproduce or whatever. And he finds a pregnant woman. Oh my God. What was that? All I can think of is shoot him up, but I know it's not that. 
and he uh, remember like th- there's the scene at the near the end of the movie where she gives birth on like the top floor of this building mm-hmm. and there's all these warring factions around them and as he's trying to get them out of the building everyone's around them is fighting and then the baby cries and everyone stops and they just turn and look and they just watch as this woman and the baby and him like get out of this building and everyone stops fighting no one approaches them no one does anything you know what i mean like that's kind of what I was thinking about what you're mm-hmm. saying is like that movie where you're at a world now where people haven't seen a baby in so long that when they hear one, they're just like spellbound. Right. And then, of course, they commence the fighting once they clear the building. But still, I don't know. Sorry. So anybody who's interested in this show, I'll give you a brief, brief synopsis without any spoilers. But basically what they tell you pretty much in the beginning is that we live in a world where uh, most of the population, most of the women are barren. Uh, there are a few women out there who are not barren, who can have children. They are immediately made into handmaids. They dress in red. Uh, they have white hats that they wear. Um, and they're basically treated like property. And the wealthiest of the men and women out there who are married, they'll have a handmaid. And <coughs> the handmaid is used primarily to have children for them. Yep. And uh, I won't go any deeper than that, but it is a very bleak show. You're not going to find sunshine yes. and happiness here. No. Uh, what's really weird, too, is that they've already announced, they announced this week, that Hulu has renewed it for a second season. And this is really weird because this is based on a book, a famous book that people have been reading for years. Um, I was under the assumption that the first season or the season, 10 episodes, was going to cover the book. Yeah, me too. It's kind of surprising hearing you say it's been renewed. And and the article mentioned that the author of the book was thinking about doing a sequel. I don't know if that means presently she's thinking about doing a sequel or if it's the type of thing where she thought about it at one point and made some notes and they're like, well, based on these notes, we'll do our own season two. If that's the case, I don't think that I want to watch it because it seems like they'd be doing their own thing. Could it could work? You know, this most recent season of Game of Thrones worked really well. Yep. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to the final seasons of Game of, Game of Thrones coming up. Amen. So. And uh, but yeah, that's all I'll say about Handmaid's Tale. I'll be interested once you started watching it to uh, get your thoughts. Well, before you jump into uh, your other new show, my wife and I have been watching Thirteen Reasons Why. Yes. Yes. I think we're up to. Either we are watched episode eight or at episode eight. Oh, I get one or the okay. other. So either we watched episode eight or we're at episode eight. So, um, and basically, um, you know, there's, I'm not going to get into great detail on it. Uh, I'll just say that like, it's a very controversial subject. Obviously you have a teenage girl that's committed suicide. She left 13 tapes, uh, behind there are, Seven tapes, 13 sides, I guess, that basically are, you know, this is why I did this. These are the people that in my life that affected me and, and why they caused me to do right. this. And it's it's a very controversial subject. And, you know, they have different characters in the show that I guess they do a good job representing – how people feel about the subject, you know, like people, sometimes people come off as cold or heartless. Like when in one episode, when there's like earlier talk about suicide or people writing dark things and this and that. And like, some people are like, 
they're expressing opinions that you hear every day. Yep. You know, and it's not just a one-sided tale. You know what I mean? You're not you're like the the primary focus is is her telling her story, but you are seeing this from multiple angles. How it affects her parents, other parents, the community, the school, how kids feel about it, kids being honest about how they feel about it, and this, that, and everything else. So, I mean, like, I feel like they're covering a very controversial subject in a very good – and they're doing a a good job of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to – I'm you know, yeah. They're doing a good job covering the subject by showing the broad spectrums of people's reactions and emotions and and whatnot. You know, which I, I think is good. I mean, because it's not – they're not preaching at you like an ABC after school special type of thing where the person who expresses a counter opinion about it isn't treated as like, you know, a, an idiot backwards thinker. Okay. You know what yep. I mean? They're basically like, well, you know, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion about things. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. There was a one episode was pretty weak, and my wife and I were kind of were debating if we were going to watch any more. But then the synopsis of the next episode was like, "All right, let's watch one more," and uh, that like that, which is the most recent one we watched. So I think it's episode eight. Um, was really really good. So it's like, all right, they've brought us back in enough. We're going to keep going. But like one episode was really just kind of like, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people love it. I've heard a lot of great things about it. I've heard some bad things about it. So. I don't know. I'm going to finish it out. That one just got renewed yeah. for a second season as well. What? Yeah. Seriously, this is also based on a book. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking it's the same thing. I'm thinking that they're basically going to uh, create another. Wow. This does not seem like a show that a second season should be built on. Th- that's been happening a lot lately. Th- because, I mean, it's the premise of the show is a girl who killed herself and left tapes behind. Mm-hmm. And the 13 reasons why are the 13 sides of the tapes. Yep. So then they're probably going Telling to her story. another one, you know, where another person commits suicide and leaves behind, you know, 13 notes or something. I don't know. I just know that they said that it's already been renewed for a second season. And wow. that tells me that they just want more money. I really feel like this is a topic that you can't exploit like that. You know what I mean? Like it's not something that's going to work constantly. Like it's working this one time because they're handling it in a very well – they're doing a great job yep. with it. You know what I mean? With with the subject material. But it's it's not something that you can create – like I can't see how you – this is a topic you would create multiple seasons about, multiple different versions of the same story. I agree. Wow. Like, I, I, that surprises me. Huh. Yeah. That surprises me. Uh, you watched another new show? Yes. I watched the first episode of American Gods. How was that? It was awesome. Really? Yeah. It was, um, <clears throat> it's crazy and it's weird. And I really like it. It starts off, and apparently uh, they did a little behind the scenes afterwards, so I'll jump around a bit here. Um, but they said that they wanted to start or include in every episode one of these, they called it Coming to America stories from the book. Uh, so basically you see this guy, and he's like got uh, quill to parchment, and he says, like, coming to America, and then it's like 813CL or something, you know, so it's not AD or BC. And it tells the story of these Vikings 
a single Viking longboat that came to the shores of America for the first time ever and how they had been out to sea and, you know, they, their rations had dried up already and their water had dried up and they, uh, they didn't know what they were expecting and they finally found land. You know, they thought they were going to die and they finally found land and they pulled up on shore and they were disappointed because they didn't see the riches that they expected. They didn't see the large breasted women that they could bring back with them. All they found were stinging bugs and sand and grass. And it, it's all like acted out. You know, there's a narrator talking and you've got all these Viking guys who are, you know, pulling their longboat up and, uh, swatting bugs off each other's faces and stuff. So they uh, they step up onto the beach and decide to step towards the grass. And it's one of the funniest things I've seen. And they said in the behind the scenes that they really wanted to go over the top with this. Sorry, I keep having to pause to cough. And uh, yep. one Viking steps one foot into the grass and he is shot and impaled by, I would dare say, 100 to 200 arrows. And this is not like that scene in Hero with Jet Li where, like, the rain of arrows comes down and it hits him and all around him. Every one of these arrows hits directly into the guy from his feet all the way to the top of his head. Not one of them misses him. So it's just rapid, suddenly this, and he is just literally covered in arrows and falls over backwards. And you have to laugh at that point because it's so absurd that somebody would shoot that many arrows all at once. I kind of want to see this. And you never see the people that did it. Like the Vikings all yeah. look around at each other and like, what the hell? So one of them takes one step forward and like four arrows appear at his feet, you know, thump, 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 just right down in the ground at his feet. And they're like, okay, we're not going to the grass. So they decide, screw this. We're going home, but there's no wind to take their sails. So. They decide, well, we can get the wind. We just have to beseech our God. And they never say the name, but it's Odin. You know, it, their God, the All Father. But then they realize, wait, our God is back in our homeland. He's not here. So they decide to bring him here by carving an effigy, you know, a totem of Odin. And they put it up and they're like, there, now Odin's here. He can hear our prayers. But the wind doesn't come. So they try different things. Like at one point, the, uh, captain of the ship or whatever. I mean, it's just a longboat, but the leader of the group, there's a fire there and he's got a dagger and he's got the dagger stuck in the fire and all of his men are lined up and he walks down the line and each one of them in turn braces and he stabs them in their left eye. And then he stabs himself Jesus. in the left eye because Odin was missing his left eye. So he's saying, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, sacrificing this for you, Odin. There's still no wind. So then they, uh, they sacrifice one of their men. They put, they build a pyre and they burn him alive and he's writhing and kicking and screaming and the wind picks up a little bit. So then they're like, Oh wait, our God is a God of war. So they literally do a shirts and skins battle Royale. They line up one group takes their shirts off and they go nuts on each other. And this was another thing in the behind the scenes where they said, we could, we talked to the guy who was doing the special effects and we showed him like they show pouring gallons and gallons of fake blood into these mannequins and then chopping the heads off and stuff. And there's blood spraying everywhere. And the guy's like, no, it's not enough. This was one of the bloodiest, most gruesome battles for only like 10 guys, but arms are getting chopped off. Legs are getting chopped off. And the fake blood, Mike was flying everywhere. So what is this show about? It, 
I mean, is it is it a fictional like show? It's very is it, fictional. Is it a docudrama? Nope, it's very fictional. It's by Neil Gaiman, you know, who did like Good Omens, and he did the Sandman comics, and um, yeah, Discworld. So this is only like this is only like part of the backstory. Because basically, like, once they kill enough of each other and carve enough of each other up, the wind picks up huge. So they all jump in the boat, and the narrator says, you know, they didn't even tend their wounds. They just got in the boat and left. And when they got back to their homeland, not one of them ever set foot in a boat again. And it wouldn't be until years later, like a 100 years later, that um, Leaf, son of Eric the Red, would set foot on uh, American soil again and find that his god was already there. The rest of the show, that's like the first five, ten minutes. The rest of the show is all modern day. And it follows a guy named Shadow Moon who's getting out of prison. He's having these weird visions. And he's meeting up with some very interesting people. I'm not going to give away everything. Because this really needs to be watched to be appreciated. But Ian McShane plays a character who... I like him. Oh, yeah. And he calls himself Mr. Wednesday because he meets up with Shadow Moon on the plane and he's talking to him and offers him a job. And he's like, well, what's your name? And the guy's like, what day is it? And he's like, "Uh, it's Wednesday. And he goes, hmm, then that's my name, Mr. Wednesday. He goes, that's my day after all. And the thing is, in Norse mythology, Odin was Wednesday. That was his day. And then Thor was Thursday or Thor's day. So... You know that Ian McShane is basically playing Odin. It's okay. um, it's these gods, embodiments of gods, who are living in America. Part of the problem is that Neil Gaiman is very British, and so some of his depictions of American things from the book were a little bit outdated or not quite right, but it's still become one of his most popular works ever. And it's it's a really fun show. Like that whole Viking thing was pure amusement, but it was setting up the fact that this is how Odin got to America. This is how an embodiment of Odin was brought to the Americas, whereas he was a Norse deity. Um, but in the modern day, these gods seem to be doing their own thing. There is also a scene, you may see this in your Facebook feed at some point, but we meet a female god named Bilquis. And uh, there is a sex scene that she is involved in. And it's one of the oddest sex scenes you will ever see. I'm not going to talk about what it is. You really have to see this to understand it. But um, in the behind the scenes, they said, we had to do this. Everybody kept asking us, what are you going to do about that scene? What are you going to do about that scene? And we did it exactly as it's written on the page because there is no other way to do that. And I went, wow. Okay. Well, good for them for doing that. What channel is this show It's on, on Stars. It's on Stars. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, I get it because, like I said, I have Amazon Prime, and so for $8 a month, I can get stars, and I do that so that ah. I can watch Ash vs. Evil Dead, and now yeah. also American Gods. And they've got a couple other shows on there as well, like Outlander. There was that one that uh, Patrick Stewart was in recently. I can't remember the name of it, but he was like a talk show host or something. I really wanted to check that out. Um. Yeah, yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. But I've got to say, American Gods, one episode in so far, and it 
It's definitely entertaining. It is fun. It reminds me kind of of Preacher, but where Preacher was on TNT, so they couldn't get away with a lot of stuff. Yep. This is getting away with all the stuff. Nice. Yep. So definitely, if you get a chance, check this out. I'm strongly okay. recommending this to everybody. Um, as of last night, the new episodes come on Sundays. So as of last night, there's a new episode. I'll be checking that out probably tomorrow because I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, got any more shows to talk no, about? No, that wraps it up from shows. Uh, any movies? Negative, sir. I have a couple movies to talk Excellent. about. Excellent. Let's hear it. Uh, the first one is I watched Split. Ah. The M. Night Shama sucks ass Alon <laughs> guy uh, who hasn't made a good movie in a really, really, really long time. Not since Unbreakable, I believe. Uh, not since Unbreakable, yeah. Finally managed to make a good movie again. <laughs> so you liked it. I was genuinely like I, – I went into this. I know you said it was great. I know Martin said it was great. And if you notice, it didn't take me nearly as long as to get everyone else to watch Blair Witch. Martin still hasn't watched it yet. <laughs> but uh, – I was I, I didn't go in I didn't have high hopes I wasn't going in expecting a whole lot um, but I gotta say you know like it it's a good story it's very interesting um, James McAvoy phenomenal in this right? movie absolutely phenomenal I mean as he is switching from persona to persona to persona to persona I mean like you can see it. Like, just when, like, there's the scene where he's looking in the mirror and he's switching from one to the other. And just the way his body language, his voice, how he holds his mouth, his facial expressions, I mean, everything. You can see him going from one to the other. I mean, he does such a great job portraying all these different personalities. I mean, I don't know how much I want to get into it because I don't want to ruin it for everybody else. But I'd really like to talk about it in a couple weeks, maybe a little bit longer form, once people have time to see. I mean, it just came out, like, on DVD last week type of thing. Um, But, man, I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it a lot. And, again, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I told you so. But, literally, I was surprised, too. I got dragged to it because, you know, Kelly was like, oh, you really got to see this movie. And I was like, come on, it's M. Night Shyamalan. I hate him. She's like, no, you're going to like this. And I was like, but you like him. So, and I was shocked. I know. I was shocked how good. I mean, yeah, it has its faults. There's a couple of parts where you're like, what? But, I mean, even like, you know, the beast, if you will, or the final persona, whatever it is you want to say, even that, like, I'm just like, you know what? I can buy mm-hmm. this because of Unbreakable. I can buy this. And then, of course, you know, in the in the, in the mid-credits or closing credits, whatever it is, you see it's kind of like a backdoor sequel, if you will, to Unbreakable. Yeah. Because they have the people in the diner yep. who, and this is not a spoiler, people. This is very no. lightweight stuff. But yeah. basically, they have a bunch they're, of people in the diner, and they're listening to the news story of what happened, which we won't talk about here. Like you said, you know. Yeah. But somebody goes, "Yeah, didn't a while ago they had something like that? There was that guy who had the bone Mr. problem, Glass. and Bruce Willis is down at the end, and he goes, Glass. His name was Glass. And you're like, Whoa! Yep. It's like Unbreakable." <laughs> And now I've read that they're looking at doing a sequel to this, but it's kind of a joint Unbreakable and Split movie yep, together. And it's not that they're looking at it. They are doing it. They have announced that they are definitely doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll go to the theater and see it, but I'll definitely watch it. James McAvoy was brilliant in this movie. I'm not sure it would be as good if he wasn't in I it. I agree. 
You know what I mean? Like to me, like his, oh, his portrayal of the characters in this movie, the way he did it was, you know, Heath Ledger Joker-esque. Yes. You know, yep. like fantastic job. Absolutely. Great job. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised how much I really liked it. It was shocking. I, I was shocked as well. Yeah. I, I remember saying that over and over again. Like, I can't believe that this was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really surprised. Um, one more movie I watched. It was actually a, that I'm going to talk about. It was actually, it's a documentary. Okay. And this got posted on Hulu on the, on the, the six on Saturday, the six, it premiered on Hulu. And I actually watched it in the wee hours of the morning on the seventh. Um, and it's a documentary. It's a Hulu original documentary, and it's called Batman and Bill. That showed up on my Hulu thing right off, like it was top. You need to watch okay. it. Okay, I added it to yeah, my list, yeah. but I didn't get around to watching. Yeah, yeah. Someone else, uh, uh, a guy, I'm, 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 friend on the internet, Brandon, had posted that he was watching this or had watched it and it was good or something. When I was throw, going through my Facebook feed or my Instagram feed or something like that. And I was like, oh, let me check it out. So I went and kind of put it on Hulu and I was like, found myself caught up on shows and I was like, I'm going to watch this. And it's about 93 minutes long and it's about a guy named Mark Nobleman and he is, uh, he's an author. He's written several books and he's the one that kind of, kind of did this documentary. And he basically, he presents his findings about Bill Finger. Uh, Bill Finger worked with Bob Kane in creating Batman. And that's basically what the opening few minutes of the movie says is that, you know, I'm going to talk to you about how Bill Finger actually co-created Batman with Bob Kane, but was never given any of the credit. And basically, he just presents the story about this, you know, his findings, what he found. You know, he has footage, uh, not footage, but recordings from what he kind of considers the first ever Comic-Con, which happened in New York in 1965, where Bill Finger was on a DC panel and they he talks about his early work with Batman and what he did with it. And I'm not going to give away a lot. I mean, that's what's said in the opening three minutes of the movie is him saying, you know, talking about Bill Finger. But basically, yeah, I mean, this becomes a a one-man crusade, if you will, for Bill Finger to be given proper credit for what he did for Batman and that it wasn't just Bob Kane. That's what this guy sets out to prove. Nice. Did he do it with a cape on? And it, no. Okay. No. That's um, But... It's this is a pretty phenomenally awesome documentary. It's really really good. Like I was, it was like it was a surprise because it was like, oh, what do I want to watch? Oh, what's this? Oh, let me check that out. Oh, wow, this is great. You know, so yeah, it's really really good. Absolutely, watch it, watch it, watch it. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like I said, it popped right up for me, and I uh, <laughs> I added it to my list because I was like, at some point, I'm probably going to want to watch that. Yeah, you don't take the time, watch it this week. I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. I mean, it's only an hour and a half, and there's a lot of stuff in there I'd never heard of before. Nice. And uh, and it's just kind of cool, you know, to see the uh, the history of everything, you know? Yeah, oh, definitely. Because they have, like, they have actual recordings from that Comic-Con 52 years ago. That was because someone recorded mm-hmm. it. And you can hear these guys talking about, you know, that, to me that's pretty that is- amazing. You know, it's pretty amazing. So, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about? Um, yeah, a couple of things. Uh, one news article that we haven't touched upon, the um, they just announced that uh, 
you might know it as Edge of Tomorrow, or you might know it as Live, Die, Repeat. It was that movie with yes. Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise where he kept going back. Yep. Uh, there's a sequel coming. I actually enjoyed that. I love that flick. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a sequel coming. Both of them are signed on to be in it, and it's going to be called Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. Yes, I saw that. I actually read that same article. I probably read the same article, yep. but it's you know a sequel with a different name. Yep. Uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, although the first one was kind of unique, you know, he kind of had that tie to the creature, and that's why he was able to, um, you know, repeat over and over again. So I don't know how they're gonna do that this time. But mm-hmm. I'm sure that they'll yeah. come up with a way. If they're planning it, then they've probably got a way planned. So, yes, I, I would I would say so. The only other thing was that this was a big week for trailers. There were well, can I touch on a couple quick news Absolutely. items before we jump into trailers? Yeah, yeah I just wanted to mention a couple things. Uh, Will and Grace is returning yes. with uh, 12 episodes on a season nine with the original cast, the original showrunners, the original producers, everything. Which is pretty impressive. So that should be pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's been like 15 years or something like that since the last season or, you know, or maybe less than maybe. It's been at least 10 years since the last season of that. Yep. And Roseanne's coming back for another season. Yeah. And I liked the show when it was first on. I did not care for the final season or when we find out basically that everything was made up, but whatever. Um, but I liked Roseanne. And Roseanne, and it's going to have Laurie Metcalf and John Goodman and Roseanne Barr. So they're all going to be, they've all signed on to do this. And again, it's another one of those short season, eight, six, eight, ten, twelve episodes, something like that. So I don't know. That's it. I got trailers to talk about. Cool. What do you got for trailers? Uh, well, there was they put out the first official trailer for the Defenders TV show. That was awesome. It really was. It really tied all those characters together. I loved having Stick narrate part of it. Yes. And basically tell them all to get their shit together. <laughs> yes. Um, I, that Stick's a very Scott Glenn version of Scott Glenn <laughs> from Sucker Punch. <laughs> um, I had to do that. Sorry. I appreciate that. Nice callback to earlier in the episode. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a great, great trailer. Yep. I mean, it, it gets you excited. And we see that Electra's coming back, but maybe not. Yeah, that doesn't excite me. But I think she's going to be coming back evil. And yes, I would have said um, that the. Hand. I was about to say the foot. That's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The hand is going to feature predominantly. We still don't know what's going on with Sigourney Weaver's character, but she's definitely a big bad. Yep. Absolutely she is. Um, but yeah, overall, this trailer really got me pumped for the show. Like that teaser in the elevator was like, oh, that's cool. This trailer got me yeah. pumped. I like how Rosario Dawson is just like, no, you guys are all doing the same thing. Like she basically brings them yep. together. Her character kind of brings them <laughs> together. And I love um, Iron Fist's like rundown of who they each yep. are. I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we get the obligatory hallway fight scene in the trailer. Like they show a clip yep. of it. It's a bigger hallway because you have four people, <laughs> you know, four good guys in it. But still, so – yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This this August, I think yes. it is all episodes drunk. Yeah. So I like when uh, when they're walking down the hallway and Daredevil's got that scarf on, and she's like, "You look stupid." And he's like, "Hey, it's your scarf." Yes, yeah, yeah. I got the scarf on his eyes. Yeah. Um, and the same at the same time, we got the um, first official trailer for the Dark Tower. 
The gunslinger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I gotta be honest. I told this to Jer. I never read the books or I don't really know a whole lot about them. The, you know, the, the, that's those Stephen King books, but that trailer looked pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah, a big Matthew McConaughey fan, but I am a huge Idris Elba fan. Yep. And, uh, that, that trailer looked badass. <laughs> you know, I'm a huge Western fan, so anytime you have, like, old fashioned six shooter gunplay like that, that's pretty awesome. Dude, to me. I've never seen six shooter gunplay like that. The way he was, like, dropping, pulling his gun down and catching bullets midair, stuff like yeah, that, yeah. it was insane. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, think he's he's. It's like when we went and saw Amber Amber Lincoln Vampire Hunter. You never seen someone wield an axe like yes. that before. Never seen someone wield a pair of six six guns like that. You're right. You're absolutely right. I really hope that this is a lot better than Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, though. Oh God, I I can't imagine it is. But I love the the part in the movie where it like you know the in the trailer where the kids like you have to come to my world to help save everybody and save things. And he's like, Do you have guns and bullets in your world? Yeah, you're gonna like my yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it looks great. It looks really good. They also had a teaser with no images from. I mean, we've seen a, a group shot of, but they just had some of the voice acting for the Inhumans TV series. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And that was cool and all, but one of the things that wasn't in the trailer but that was talked about in a couple of articles is what they were doing surrounding Black Bolt, the leader. And it's cool because for those who don't know, Black Bolt, one of the things with him is that his voice can level a city. Like when he speaks, it causes chaos. It His voice is very powerful. So he stays silent most of the time. And they didn't, they wanted to do that justice. So they didn't do anything with like voiceovers or, you know, internal monologue. He's going to be doing things like sign language and body language, that kind of thing, like he does in the comics. And I can really appreciate that. I'm glad that they didn't, you know, try to dumb it down by saying, oh, well, we'll have a narrator like in the Wonder Years. Nope. So that's cool. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and I'll be, I'm looking forward to watching the show and giving it a test yep. drive. Yep. Um, they had a new preview for it. Yep, I saw that. The, they're really doing their best to hide the clown, aren't they? The, they are. They are. I mean, that's supposed to be the big reveal, yep. you know. But the kids um, were talking I, a lot of shit. <laughs> Quite literally, <laughs> in some places. <laughs> Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this movie. Um, I, I did enjoy the original and I watched it a couple of times. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to update it. Yeah. You know, um, so several months ago they released a teaser trailer, I guess, for a movie called Dunkirk. Yes. And basically it was just guys on ships and you can hear like a, a, like almost like a bomber plane's coming at them or you know something like that, and they start to kind of duck and cover, and that's pretty much it. Well, they've released a a, a, a more in detail trailer this week for it, right. or last week. It doesn't matter. I watched it, and um, I kind of already wanted to see the movie begin with based on the story, but it's a really really good trailer. Um, they actually kind of tell you more what the movie's about, which is essentially all these troops are trapped in this area. Uh, they can't get out. 
Um, they're surrounded by the uh, the enemy, the Germans, and everything. And this, it's a naval fleet, and um, citizens in their private boats start going in and picking up these soldiers to take them out. And um, I'm not going to say much more than that. Uh, go watch the trailer. Yep. Um, and I, I don't want to ruin the story <laughs> either. But it's I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to take my stepfather and go to the movies and see this. Because there's multiple things in it that are from likes war and guns and boats <laughs> and lots of boats, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really good trailer and just just watch it. I'll link it on the page or something. Facebook. Nice. Yeah. Um, they released the final, they say it's final, the final Wonder Woman trailer. Yeah. It looks badass. The, the movie already looked badass, but yeah, this looks badass. I know, but all the early reviews, it's like it's just like everything else. Yeah, it does look awesome. I'll, I will say that one hundred percent. Yes, it looks great. Um, it's the first uh, first DC product uh, that I've kind of been excited about. Like Bat, like uh, Batman vs Superman did not excite me. Man of Steel, I thought was great. The moment we saw the preview for Batman vs. Superman, we were both like, yeah. we will never see this movie in theaters, ever. Yeah, yeah, no, and we didn't. We had, we stuck to our guns on that, and we, then we watched it, and I still maintain that it's, yeah. And then same thing with Suicide Squad. I watched that trailer. It does nothing uh. for me whatsoever. But these Wonder Woman trailers have been really good, yeah. but I'm just worried that that's the best we're going to get right. is the two minute, you know, the two minute version of the movie, if you will. <laughs> yep. Cause you know, the early, the early previews and the reports is that it's not very good. So the, this one actually finally introduced us to the possibility of a villain. He, he talks about <laughs> this and they, we see this brief look at a woman who it looks like part of her face is covered in a mask. Maybe. It was kind of weird, like a reverse Phantom of the Opera where, like, the bottom part of her face and one side were covered in a mask. But um, yeah. he called her – what did he call her? Like, Madam Poison or something like that and basically said that if she was left to her own devices that she'd kill everybody. So there could be a villain. Which yeah. is something that we're missing. I imagine the there's got to be a villain. Yeah, I mean, I imagine there's got to be a, some sort of bad guy in the movie. And the only other one, I wouldn't have said this because it just came out today, and, you know, technically that would fall under next week's podcast, but I figured, why the hell, it's just a trailer. Um, they released a new trailer today for Blade Runner 2049. Yes, like I watched that as well, trailer. and it's way better than that preview trailer. Yes. Yep. Yes, this actually makes me want to go watch. Makes me want to watch the flick. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Not that I. Not that I was like before saying, "Oh, I don't want to watch it," but there was nothing really drawing me in in that teaser, other than the fact that it was yeah. a Blade Runner sequel. It was by the same guy, and or you know, under the tutelage of the same guy, and that it had Harrison Ford right. coming back. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, despite what you may have heard, I am not a diehard Ryan Gosling fan. I don't get all giddy. My pants don't get wet when I see him. I hope not. Jeez. <laughs> Anyhow, I think that's it for me. I'm I'm good. I've covered all my bases, I believe. I believe that I have also covered all my bases. Fantastic. I'm, I'm very happy to have been able to get it off my chest how much I hated this week's Fargo. 
<laughs> so good, good. It's good to vent. It's good to have land. So, anyways, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. So, uh, thanks for listening. Please uh, don't hesitate to reach out, as we always say. And you can find me on the Twitter. I'm at SuperstarML. I'm at the Quantum Geek G33K. The show is at What Did You Watch? And the Facebook is What Did You Watch This Week? And yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.